I'm Noah. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to Product Journey. Hey, Ben. Hey, hey. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing good. This is 100 episodes. Wow. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's a long time. That is a long time. I mean, 100 episodes. We've we've almost recorded every week. Um, so we're just about to be around two years of, of recording this podcast. Yeah, just got an invoice for renewing the Transistor membership. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, you know, yeah, you know, that means we just got started up. Yep. Two years ago. <laughs> um, so this should be fun. Um, you know, 100 episodes, that's, that's a lot. That's a pretty big deal. So we wanted to do something a little different, uh, a little bit special. And uh, we've been kind of drumming up the anticipation <laughs> <laughs> that we would be doing something, something great. <laughs> we'll see, see how that turns out if uh, if we if we uh, come through on that. Ab- absolutely, um, yeah, promised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, I think this this should be cool. So the plan is that we're gonna kind of kind of go back through some highlights of this podcast kind of talk about the different moments maybe some highlights some some milestones maybe how we were feeling at those times and just kind of look back at it a little bit and and kind of look back at our whole journey i mean after all this is called the product journey podcast we got to look at the journey right (laughs) that's true (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we have a couple questions from some some listeners that we'll probably get to um throughout as well um, but yeah, that's kind of the plan. So let's kind of roll into it. Uh, but Ben, I do, I do actually have a little bit of a surprise for you. Oh. <laughs> yes, I, I always like to, to spring surprises on you. It's always fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, oh so no, actually, what, I, what's going on now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I actually went back and um, took out some clips from some previous podcast episodes and we're going to listen to those we're going to listen to those here oh that's cool <laughs> and then we're going to kind of talk through those moments back in those times i oh, see so you, you um, didn't you didn't yeah. over promise actually that's pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> well glad you think so <laughs> um so yeah we're we're uh, I got like six clips or so, and hopefully that will help us kind of scatter some some thoughts, some highlights, and hopefully you you'll have some of yours that you've thought of that that will kind of bring to memories as well. There's probably so many memories that we're like I don't even remember this stuff, and then yeah. we're gonna like hear something and be like, oh yeah, that one time. Yeah, I actually tried writing down some, and I was like, oh my god, like it's a long time. <laughs> there were a lot of good things happening. <laughs> yeah. So this first clip is actually the very first seconds of us talking on the pod from the very first episode um so let's let's go back to that right now so how's it going ben i'm good how are you (laughs) doing pretty good so let's i guess let's just jump right into this uh how has this last week been for you Let's go. Um, it's been a busy week in my day job, but uh, I got a lot of stuff done with Narrower. <laughs> I made it to 75 plus signups for the closed beta right now, which is pretty impressive. Um, nice. 
Okay, there, there it is. Wow. The first that, clip. There were a lot of signups. I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the first episode, too. Um, so bring us back. Uh, talk about narrower a little bit, because that was your first thing. Yep. So be, be, actually, even before that, I want to say that when we started the podcast, like in general, you can even hear that. Like, I didn't even have a good mic. I didn't have any gear at all, <laughs> yeah. I think. Uh, so, yeah, that, yeah, that was pretty cool, actually. We, we really just, you know, just started doing it and then bought some mics after and, you know, got better gear as we went with it. But uh, yeah, and actually, we probably should go back to... Uh, describing how we how we started the podcast like why we even decided to do this yeah um like why did you decide yeah because that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a funny that's a funny little story um because yeah we we didn't know any we didn't know each other at all back then and i i had wanted to start a podcast for a while uh before then and i had played around with the idea of like doing a podcast with my older brother and we had like tried doing two episodes and then um, he, he doesn't live where I do. Um, and then he kind of got busy and it didn't really work out to keep doing it. And um, so yeah, we just we just never really kept doing it. But I was like, oh, I always wanted to, to do that. And so I was kind of always on the lookout a little bit for like, who would be a good co-host, <laughs> someone to do a podcast with. And... I found, I don't know how I ran across this, but I ran across your blog that you had mm. started writing back then. Um, I, you must have, you must have posted something on Twitter and maybe I, I, I think I'd just gotten on the Twitter scene back then, you know, had like 10 followers Yeah, and yeah. somehow your blog came across my feed and I read it and I was like, oh, this is good. Oh, this is interesting. <laughs> and, and then I think I read all of your posts um because oh, I, I really like how you thought about things and i, I wish I, think, I knew you know I, I wish i wish we knew what you actually read there <laughs> yeah what what happened to that blog did i think you got rid of those posts or something or yeah I, yeah i actually you know i it's it's always like I'm, I'm starting to write a blog at some point i get bored of it and just you know just <laughs> remove it again then start another one at some point and reboot again <laughs> Yeah, I think what struck me was, you know, back then I wasn't really aware of this whole like indie hacker scene or this like bootstrapper scene. I, I did just find indie hackers at that time. And I was like, I thought it was so cool that people were building businesses all by themselves and doing it on their own and just like trying to make a business that at least worked for them and at a smaller scale. Like it didn't have to be a startup, didn't have to be a unicorn. And I think when I read your blog, I could see that like your goal, like that was what your goals were. And you were just starting this narrower thing. And like, I thought that was a really cool product. And I could just see that like, um, you really had goals to build something that was at a small scale that wasn't just like trying to take over your life. Um, and I thought that was really cool and not something that I, I saw very often. Um, and yeah, I thought it was just really good bogs uh, that you wrote. So I decided to reach out and was like, "Hey, would would you want to would you want to start a podcast?" And I was like, "Yes, let's go." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, I think we recorded like four episodes beforehand. We were kind of like, "Okay, maybe we'll do this. Let's just try it out." Yeah, and yeah, we definitely did. put it out in the world and maybe it we'll, we'll see if we like it and if so then we'll actually put it out in the world but we just kind of wanted to test the waters a little bit because we had no idea like if we'd be good 
recording a podcast together or anything. <laughs> um, so I think that was a good plan to do it that way. Yep. And we yeah, and, and, we, and it we didn't worked think out. about anything really. We didn't have like a cover art thing for for the pot yet. You know, I kind of threw that together. <laughs> I remember that like someday and you were like, "Oh, let's put that that color as the background thing." And we just kept it forever. <laughs> oh, and it was perfect. I, I love that still. <laughs> yep. No, I like it. Um but yeah, I, I mean back then I was I think I was also pretty new to Twitter. Um didn't have a huge following either, and I started hacking away on Never basically just because I wanted this to exist. And it's really just uh, I, I think there was another product called called this, um, which basically had the same concept of letting you post uh, one link mm -hmm. per day, like you had one link to post in twenty four hours. And I really liked the concept, but they just shut it down. So they wanted to go big back then, and had to raise some funding and failed to do that. And then they just shut it down. I was like, oh man, that's you know that sucks, but. I, you know, like I saw some opportunities to do the same thing, um, but improve it in, in some areas. What I didn't really realize back then is like how hard it actually is to sell uh, B2C. And I, I basically had no idea what I was doing, yeah. right? So it was not a great first product, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I still like to look at it sometimes because I think from like how it looked and how it felt was pretty good as a product. So yeah, definitely put some yeah. work in that. <laughs> Yeah, and is is that one for sale? <laughs> yep, you can have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely. Uh, I, I like the idea. I think it's it's a valuable thing. Um, and I actually just had a friend. My friend is was thinking about an idea that's kind of similar too. So I feel like people keep having ideas like this because there it almost seems like there needs to be something in the world like this just because social media is so busy and crazy and like people get overwhelmed with it at times and they're like yeah exactly. oh, i just want one like a day <laughs> yeah that's basically what the idea behind it was right like it's so crowded on social you like if you follow 500 people on twitter you can basically be there all day and you'll see something new all the time <laughs> right which doesn't mean that it's great content by the way <laughs> exactly yeah true yeah, so that was kind of the the first the first start of the podcast. You were working on narrower. Um, what I'm trying to remember what I was doing. I think the first couple months, I don't think I was doing much. I was just like, I was just like trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I knew yeah. I wanted to start another business, but I didn't know what it was going to be. And so, yeah, I was kind of just like wandering for a while. I, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And um, I I think I had just moved. Uh, right around that time and was starting a new day job and so which is my current job right now and so I was kind of in transition and just like waiting for the the right moment to to start something new yeah um, but yeah that that was kind of the beginning back two years ago um, so let's let's move on to our second clip I'll just jump right into it and then we can figure out what this is this is about <laughs> um, okay well I guess that clip's not gonna work but uh, what I remember that clip was about was <laughs> that was actually Justin Jackson's voice. <laughs> mm. um, and that was Justin Jackson came on, I think, episode number 14. And he talked about um, how market is kind of everything. It's like the first filter, the first thing to kind of figure out and think about when starting a business. Um, and so we had him on, which was awesome. Um, and yeah, just kind of talking about market. I know around this time we were really trying to figure out like how do you validate 
a product, how do you validate an idea? And I think, you know, every episode was probably a, in some way, shape or form about that idea. Um, and so, yeah, we had Justin Jackson kind of come on to talk about that. And that was, I thought that was really good. That was really helpful to me. What, what do you remember about that? Yeah, definitely. I actually wrote that one down as one of my favorite episodes because it, it I think it kind of helped Justin shape like his idea around the market. Um, like really the wording that he used, uh, was, was so much on point, like in that episode and afterwards, I also before, right. But, uh, yeah, I definitely took away a lot from that episode. I don't remember exactly what, what was said, but I definitely remember, um, like how it kind of changed the way, like I thought about validation or, you know, like trying to come up with new ideas and looking at markets, like instead of just thinking like, Hey, I want this product to exist. Like I did with Nero, right? Like I had not even, not even given a mm -hmm. thought to the market that I was building in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think I've, I've definitely taken all that really to heart that like, you know, the market really defines a lot of what your business could be like, like the margin that you'll see in your business, um, you know, the kind of customers you're going to work with and how easily or not easily they're willing to give you money. Um, and I think his one of his examples he talked about there um, in that clip was the Laravel like developer um, uh, market and like that, that ecosystem where you know, developers make good money. And so they're willing to then spend money to kind of invest into themselves. And it's a huge market. There's tons of developers. And so basically, you know, his idea is trying to figure out and, and learn about the market to kind of figure out what, what it looks like and see like, does this have the so the the ability to sustain a a business a, a an indie hacker business that there's you know there's enough people here there's people that are willing to buy there's people that are you know looking for this thing that they're they're coming to the Starbucks coffee shop every day looking for some coffee and so like those are the indicators that you want to look for to kind of help validate your ideas and so yeah that was I think just thinking through that was definitely very beneficial for me. And that's kind of how I think through yep. all product ideas and, and businesses kind of, um, from then on. Um, so yeah, that, that was a good one that I think I put that as my favorite episode as well. <laughs> episode yep, 14, makes sense. we'll put that in the links. Okay. Let's see if my third clip worked at all. Um, yeah, and I've also thought about um, other ways of finding customers and came up with the idea of looking into remote job boards, like uh, job boards where people or companies uh, offer remote jobs, because that's probably just the target audience. They, <laughs> I know that they uh, hire remotely and they need some kind of software to communicate, obviously. So that might be mm -hmm. might be a nice idea to to try and look for, for possible customers there, try to get people to talk to me, <laughs> maybe try it out. Yeah, that could definitely work. Uh, <laughs> yes, I mean, job boards, would you be, I mean, you'd mostly be looking at maybe the people that are trying to look for remote jobs. Yeah, or even even the companies offering the jobs because- Oh yeah, yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah, I'm not super sure how to, like who of that company you would probably would approach, but I guess that's that's research then. Just like if you have a company yeah. name, um, just visit the website and try to figure out who's who's hiring or who's, you know, who's in charge basically, or who I could talk to. 
Mm -hmm. I by the way, I accidentally built a pretty cool feature, I think, that, uh, <laughs> that I have not seen in Twist or Slack so far which is that you can make threads public and that will give you a um, shareable domain, shareable uh, URL. And oh. um, I'm, I'm planning to give you the opportunity to password protect that so that you can also send the URL plus a password. And then anybody mm. without being on your team could basically partake in that thread. I think that's a pretty good good idea. That because is really good <laughs> idea. <laughs> because you, you don't have to basically pay for the people, like get them on your team and you can always yeah. revoke the URL. So I think that's that might be a pretty good separation from Slack and Twist. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, this, is, <laughs> this is the real us. We're back. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I didn't think that, that would be kind of confusing, like knowing which voices <laughs> talking the the present or the past um okay that was that was a good clip that was actually two clips kind of put together um but kind of talking about the same thing so so ben what were you talking about there yeah that was basically me talking about playgroup version one where we're still trying to target remote teams and uh yeah you could hear my naive approach of just trying to uh get customers um from looking at job boards and people posting like uh you know look looking for uh to hire remote people basically and uh yeah i, yeah. I think you can already hear or or guess <laughs> i mean we, we know how it ended right it was kind of a naive approach <laughs> and it didn't really work out well did you did you actually try that did that how did that turn out um, i basically just basically people? just went so far that i had a list of companies which is you know like not too bad but you know, the really hard part there is like really getting in touch with those people, right? It's basically just cold emailing then. And yeah, even, like even at the price point that Playgroup, the version one thing would have been, it probably wouldn't have been worth it, like doing the cold outreach thing. <laughs> mm, yeah. So I, I don't know. But uh, not a good, not a great idea. <laughs> well, no, that's, I think it's cool though because it shows the struggle that we all face of trying to find customers, distribution, figuring all that stuff out. And um, we've struggled throughout that with that on this podcast multiple times. I think, you know, it's one of the hardest problems, right? It's like, yep. how do you actually get customers? How do you actually find them? And um, there's never an easy answer to that, that question. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of funny to hear back to how we how we've <laughs> struggled with that. I mean, I think I've I've tried cold emailing multiple times. You know, sometimes you get some places with that, but you know, it's it's just like pushing a boulder up a hill. It's so yep. it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that one's tricky. And then the the kind of the latter half of that clip, um, you were kind of talking about a feature with Playgroup, and actually. Go back, uh, summarize real quick for us what Playgroup is or so was. The, I mean, in the, in the original context, it was it was like planned to be a little bit like what Twist does the, these days, right? Like a calm alternative to Slack. Um, and then it, it kind of changed directions and now it became uh, <laughs> became that message board uh, for, for mostly private communities. And so the feature was basically about letting outside people into like peek into some of those threads, but just making them public, you get a shareable URL, uh, just like if you publish a Loom video and everybody with a link can see it basically, right? Um, 
And yeah, I we we actually used that a couple of times, like when when Kevin Conti was building um, his his newsletter thing. We had a giant thread on the Mega Maker forum, and we kind of used that uh, to uh, to let other people look at that as well. So I I still think that was a pretty cool feature. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, I I haven't even like I haven't seen many many folks do that actually so where you, where you basically have like a private private community or private private anything and they just let you share like one thread or whatever still think that's a good idea <laughs> yeah yeah so then you kind of pivoted and turned playgroup into more of a community forum kind of thing you know using a lot of the same features but you had to kind of shift it around refactor some things and uh, then kind of repositioned it for communities and when you did that, did did it feel like you like it was easier at that point to find customers and kind of move forward with that? Yeah, that's definitely one of the biggest learnings of the last two years because it changed everything, right? Like I didn't even have to worry about the cold emailing anymore. My problem now changed to how do I respond to all those people <laughs> like asking me mm. to get access, right? Um, so it really drastically changed the like like everything basically so um the the second basically i started talking about the that change on twitter and had something to show like the first versions of the forums um people were actually interested to get in and try it out right and i joined some communities yeah. so found basically found some watering holes where <laughs> community building folks hung out um and connected there and that just made it so much easier so basically had kind of a yeah. game plan of how to get early access users in and yet, yeah, and I think, and I think as well with that, it's like community is kind of a, especially around that time, it was kind of a, a, a market that was kind of starting to grow, get bigger, yeah. a lot of communities being started, and so it was kind of yeah, like a niche that made made sense and that people were actually looking for, and then I think on top of that, um, I think it kind of shows like serving customers that you like know how to reach or like understand or like already have some like some people that you know in that um niche like that that just like helps so much getting started finding those first few users um and i feel like in some ways that's you know that's why every b2b kind of business is is kind of really hard because you know it seems to me like it's just harder to get in contact with businesses and there's you know, most people don't know that many like founders um, that are have a business that's like already big and and stuff like that. Um, where you know, it's a lot easier to get in contact with entrepreneurs and people like us that are just kind of getting started. At least for us, that's what's easier, I think, because that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess the 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 learning is just like you know, before you get started, like you can kind of get an idea of like, okay, how am I going to even find these people? Um, and if there's no really good answer there, you don't know how to find them. Like, you know, it's probably going to be a, an uphill battle. Yep. Um, all right. So let's jump to the next clip. Um, I think this one is me maybe talking a little bit about one of my first products, user engine. Yes. Yeah. The kind <laughs> of, I, I started working on the MVP and I'm making a for user engine basically i'm, I'm making a, a little widget so it's kind of, it's going to be kind of like a pop-up that any business you know can add onto their website will show up in the corner the bottom right corner 
and it's going to take a survey. Um, and so you can trigger it to when it opens up when you want it to, and it will just be a survey. And for now, the survey is just going to be the product market fit survey. Uh-huh. And so this is a survey that Superhuman uses um, kind of to be their metric for where they're going. If oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying I, I to think, get product market fit. Yeah, I think you mentioned that last time. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's oh, that basically I made this little widget, and I'm almost done with it already, actually. So oh, sweet. <laughs> just, like, just like in a week, I've made this widget. I'm using React, um, mm. and I'm just kind of finishing up uh, kind of the main... Okay. <laughs> uh, it's us again. That was... <laughs> I didn't know you were going to say it. that was pretty funny in the in the middle of that. You're like, oh, you already told me that. <laughs> Stop telling us stuff you already told on the pod. Super rude. <laughs> no, that, that was but, funny. But dude, like, um, what happened to user engine? I don't remember. <laughs> Man, yeah. So user engine, that was the first thing that I basically started building and, and trying uh, during the pod. And um, I mean, you, you kind of heard in that clip kind of what the, the main idea was there. Um, but I think before even this, uh, I tried, like with user engine, I tried another way to validate it. Uh, I just actually, which is kind of funny, I made a website with Notion um, back before, you know, even knew I was going to do Potion <laughs> or anything. Uh, I built a website using Notion and tried to basically sell myself to like help validate um an, an idea for people and i think it was kind of using the the super human um survey as well but it was like i was gonna like come in and like do it manually as well and thanks lydia um and so yeah it was kind of that was like the start of it and then i, I made this little widget and i think you know i tried to get some people to use it and i had maybe a couple like a, a couple people using it um, but really I think I, I realized after like talking to a lot of people that like, this was just not something people were going to pay for. Um, and really the problem was, is, you know, getting this kind of feedback to, to, for it to actually be very valuable, you need a lot of data. Like you, you need a lot of people to take the survey, right? Like that's kind of the problem with any survey. And uh, this, at the same time, the, the people that need these answers, like they need to like know how to, uh, if, if their product has product market fit, they, they usually don't have, they don't usually have many people to, to fill out the survey and get the data. And so really I just found through this that really the best way to validate something when you're early stage is just like to really talk to people yourself and do like research of any you know data and conversations you can find online and that doing a survey like this just probably isn't the best way and um yeah i think through that realization of talking to people and, and getting some feedback from my my little widget that i made i was like okay this i don't think this is gonna work yeah you're, you're right i remember like you you tried it on it didn't fit or didn't go anywhere which, you know, like, it's also part of the thing, I, th I guess, like, of the journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, at that point, I then uh, kind of pivoted user engine to be support man. Um, 
And because I was looking at Intercom for a lot of things, like, because Intercom was where a lot of data was coming through. A lot of people, you know, kind of one of the things I learned through talking to people for User Engine was that, oh, the way I learn about about customers and what they need is through support, through talking to them, seeing what's not working for them. And like Intercom is one of the main channels for that. And so I kind of was trying to figure out how I could tack on the user engine idea onto Intercom since there's a lot of data already there. Maybe there was companies that want something like that. Um, and I think that's kind of when I, I then kind of decided to pivot a little bit to like, oh, actually maybe make something for support teams specifically because there was already like, you know, little feedback tools and survey tools in Intercom and um so I, I wanted to do something a little bit unique that kind of differentiated. And, um, you know, I, I think I, I kind of came up with the support man idea, which is sending metrics of the, the metrics that are important to support teams, like how fast they're responding to users, how long it takes them to, to close, um, how many conversations they're getting, kind of the, the main metrics that they care about that kind of tells them how they're doing. Um, I think I kind of found that through talking to some support managers, um, reading like the intercom, like blogs and their book and like just seeing like what's important. And yeah, I kind yeah. of basically just kind of found like, I think there's maybe a hole here where, uh, you know, all these teams are in Slack and they, they, they need a, a nicer way to see these, these metrics and the ratings to know how they're doing. So that's, that's kind of how I then kind of pivoted to that idea. And that also made it a lot easier, right? Because you could see that, you know, you actually started getting some users and some traction with that. So kind of funny yeah, how I we mean, did the same there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, kind of going back to like distribution, like, yeah, do you know how to find these people? And like having something that's like tacked on to Intercom really helped with that because it'd be like, oh, I just need to find and companies using intercom that have support teams and oh they already have a marketplace i can just like find people through there and that's yeah that's how i got most of my customers was through yeah. the, the intercom marketplace um so yeah that was fun that was definitely um some good learnings for me throughout that and uh, just figuring out like what kind of product ideas um are, are a good fit and i think through that whole period i interviewed like 30 30 people um, and soon doing customer interviews to really kind of understand people and just, yeah, the learning through that process was, was good for me for sure. Cool. Yeah. All right. We can move to the next one. The next little clip here, starting it now. Mm -hmm. I grew a bunch in that time. I learned a ton doing tiny log and selling that in the end. Um, and uh, you know, like Playgroup was in a state when I started to do that, it was in a state where I could basically pump the brakes on development for a bit and just like today i did like today i probably have more of an idea where i want to take it which i did not have like two months ago um so i, I actually think tiny log is kind of born out of the you know like of of the um like it was born out of me not knowing how to move forward with playgroup i guess um because mm -hmm. I was seeing all those different segments and I didn't really know what to focus on. And now I just have kind of made my decision where I want to where I want to take it. Um, so it kind of needed this time to, or I needed that time to, to breathe and think about it, I think. So yeah, I don't think it affected it negatively, really. All right. So yep. that's the clip. 
That's probably not too long um, ago, right? Probably like end of last year. Yeah, I think that was last spring, actually. So oh. almost a year ago. Okay. So I, I remember that's kind of when you were you were working on Tiny Long. Um, but yeah, this this was cool because you know you kind of took a pause on Playgroup. Um, it wasn't going exactly how you wanted, maybe, or you know you you like you said in the clip, you're you're running yeah. out of some ideas, and. Um, I thought that was kind of a cool way to go about it. It's like sometimes we just need like our break in our mind where it's like stop just trying to push this thing to make it work and like step back. And that really, I think, kind of helps us kind of see a bigger picture of like, how are things going? How's my business doing? What could I change? And, and you know, you kind of got a, it's it seems like you, you got like a, bre a breath of fresh air just working on a different fun little project, Tiny Log. Um, yep. So that, yeah, that, that I, I remember cool. that. I was actually pretty, I don't know, it didn't, it didn't feel so great at the time because I literally, like I said in the clip, I had no idea what to do, right? Like I was sitting there with like three or four paying customers, which was pretty cool, mm -hmm. but I had no idea how to grow that, right? Um, and yeah, it, it just made me feel miserable. So I was like, well, you know what? I'll just let it sit there because I don't know what to do with the data that I'm getting. So let's just collect more and see, like, see what happens, right? And <laughs> just not think about it for a second. And yeah, that's what I did, right? And it, it was kind of good to do that because it definitely got me, got me out of that rut of not knowing what to do and being paralyzed, right? And I came back, at, back to it and kind of knew where I wanted to take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like Tiny Log was a, a pretty cool little product that, you know, you sold after <laughs> you like built in three weeks and then you sold it. Um, so that was that was pretty cool. That that little stint that you did with that, that was pretty and, crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that I thought was really cool how you did that was you you kind of built Tiny Log in public where every day you'd make a little video about the progress you were making and, and people really enjoyed seeing that. And and I think like I talked about in, in last week's episode, that was like before the building in public was like cool and everyone was doing it. Uh, you were doing those little things and I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, th thanks. I mean, I have no idea what drove me to do that actually, but it was, I, I don't know, like they resonated on Twitter, so I just kept doing them, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um, kind of just to, to uh, close off the, uh, the rest of the story there, um soon after that i believe you know you sold tiny log and then you kind of put playgroup on the back burner for a while um and i think it was kind of you know through that process of doing the tiny log kind of figuring out like maybe this isn't something i should keep spending my time on um, but eventually you you sold playgroup which was pretty awesome um so you you know you kind of had two products that you have sold under your belt and um you you know you at least got them to a, a point that they were valuable that someone else wanted to take them on and um yeah that was pretty cool and so yeah i don't think i have a clip for kind of the you know from there to here um for the rest of your journey um but you know you started all around and you you know started that little community for designing for developers and then you started um, True Fans. When when was it that you started True Fans? Uh, end of uh, last year. Yeah, end of last year. I think I didn't do much in December because my life started to get really stressful, and it really hasn't stopped. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. So yeah, I'm really slow with uh, with moving it forward this year. Um, 
but yeah i mean it's it's going okay <laughs> yeah and so just real quick give us a uh a, a quick summary of what true fans is for those of us that may not know um so it lives under true.fans and it's basically it basically lets you collect all sorts of of data and make some automations on your on your website um i'm actually see i think the the title really sums it up pretty well it's like all-in-one customer communication for specifically for SaaS businesses so it gives you a little bit like what intercom does but uh for way less money <laughs> so there's a live mm-hmm. chat you can have forms uh, and you can collect data in all kinds of ways um, and then, yeah, segment your users, trigger automations, and uh, yeah, even change content on your on your website, um, depending on who is currently visiting and what what kind of automation you set up. Yeah, yeah, that, it's it's pretty cool um, because it's you know it's it's a lot of the the main things that a lot of SaaS businesses need, um, and kind of putting it in one place and, and putting making it easier to have that data because it's in one place. Um, so what what made you come across that idea or want to start that? Actually, probably because I wanted to have this in a way. It's like we're, you, you know, you know, we keep building all those things all the time. <laughs> um, and yeah, we, we all need those things, right? Like we, we kind of need some way of collecting early, like it starts with early access customers or, or you know, like collecting email addresses, right? So you kind of need the forms feature or you just, you know, plug in something else or you you code up the form yourself. Um, then you probably want to have some kind of, I don't know, like in-app messaging of some sorts. At some point you might want to have support uh, live chat um, you probably want to have some kind of knowledge base at some point. And we're basically um, putting a lot of money into different tools and then, you know, use like Zapier to make them communicate with each other. <laughs> and I think that's like where the, uh, where the magic really is when you have it all on the same platform because you, can, you, you just have the, the user data available that you collect at once and you can use it inside your knowledge base. You can use it inside the live chat. Um, and everywhere really like all the features that I build on top of it just benefit from yeah being being uh, tied together yeah yeah that's cool and um, you're still working on that and plugging away on it and I mean that's a pretty big that's a pretty ambitious project um, you know for for a solo person like um, working on yourself um, because you know handling all that data all the events and all the different widgets um, so yeah, it's pretty ambitious, but if, if anyone can do it, I think, I think you can. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's so, yeah. funny because I'm actually, I'm, I'm freelancing with a client who, who is in a very similar category and who has built something, you know, data structure wise, it's actually not that far apart <laughs> and I get mm-hmm. to get to work on that. And it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a pretty good fit because I just. You know, he almost coded his application the same way I did. It's it's a little funny, actually. <laughs> You're like, oh, great. I can just copy paste. Job's done. <laughs> no, not like that. But like I could hit the ground running when when I started like two weeks ago. It was really funny because I, it was it, like, oh, I would have coded it the same way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny. All right. Well, this is our, our last clip here. And I believe this is on kind of some of the beginnings of of when I was working on Potion. Um, so let's, let's see what happened here. 
see, kind of my plan for early access is to kind of like uh, have, I'm hoping like 10 people start using it. And, and I'll probably like just kind of message people and talk to people on my wait lists um, and hopefully get 10 people f- through that um, to just kind of start using it and and do that before I even make like a landing page or something like that. <clears throat> um, so I should be to that point, hopefully in a, in a week or two, once I finish up some of these loose ends. Okay, so yeah, this was back when I hadn't launched, I hadn't even launched early access for Potion yet. I think this would have been maybe in like December of 2020, some yep. sometime around there. Um, that was that was a fun time. I mean, it kind of brings you back to, you know, starting products before you have your first customer, I think are sometimes some of the funnest moments of <laughs> building a business <laughs> because there's so much like hope in the air you're like oh this is a great idea i'm building this cool thing and you haven't had to have anyone try it yet to tell yeah. you that yeah. uh there's problems or that doesn't work how they want or you know those kind of things so it's kind of like the world's kind of perfect at that moment and uh, there's nothing you know there's not yeah, there's just not as many problems. You don't have real customers telling you what to do, support issues, um, and you can move so fast. You can move so fast in those those early days. Um, yeah, I was just thinking about that the other day because, like, for me to pull out a new feature, it just seems like it takes so much longer for me now than it did then because, you know, I had no, uh, like, real data I had to worry about. I could kind of just, like, restart things or just make things optimal um you know the code's fresh there isn't all that build up gunk and stuff (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so so that was that was a fun time and if i remember right i think you know i had an early access list of somewhere around like 60 people that had built up just from kind of sharing what I was building in public, kind of like you did with TinyLog, making lots of little videos and sharing those on Twitter. And there was definitely, I could I could kind of smell the the interest from, from that of, of people kind of liking what I was up to with that. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a good start to the potion, the potion journey. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and so of course I've, come a long ways since then um but yeah like it's i definitely i haven't done this i I, it'll be great sometime to go back and listen to our episodes to see kind of how some of those things uh worked out and how i was thinking through it talking to you about it um talking about potion on the pod um so i'm definitely glad that we've recorded recorded this and and got a lot of our thoughts and stuff down just to see how we've changed um and and developed and learned throughout this time yep yeah i think learning in general like for you know why i like doing the pod is you can basically just like we get we get to talk to so many interesting people and even learn from each other and talk through things and it's just huge for learning things in you Mm -hmm. you know like in building businesses (laughs) yeah yeah maybe that is a nice segue into one of our, our listener questions. It was kind of about some of the pod in general. Um, I'm probably saying this name wrong. Chaitanya, 
Chitanya, something like that. Um, so he had some questions for us um, kind of about the pod in general. Uh, his first one, what kept, what kept you guys going? Yeah, yeah, I think that's actually like learning, learning from each other, growing connections and really growing into that community of bootstrap founders. Um, yeah, it actually mm-hmm. also makes you feel less alone, I would say, like doing this and knowing that there is somebody you can talk to or multiple people like in the end, because you kind of built that little community around it. Um, that's pretty cool because I don't know anybody in real life who <laughs> attempts to do anything like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't know anyone that's doing this like bootstrapper stuff in real life. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd agree agree with you. Like this, it's been very valuable to do this, even if no one was was listening to us. Yeah, and you know, just you and me talking. Um, I think that right there was enough value that like we didn't really have to care about looking at how everything else was going. We're just kind of like just talking and and. Uh, um yeah the learning from it um and like you're saying it has definitely given us kind of a a way or an avenue to get to know lots of other bootstrappers lots of other indie hackers and just give us a way to get to know like some some people that are farther down the journey than us and invite them on the pod it kind of gives you a platform in a way to do that where if you invite you know if you invite someone like that on the pod they'll actually respond where if you were just like, Hey, can we do a a video call or something? Like a lot of those same people probably wouldn't have the time to, to do that. But for some reason, you know, making it public, making it more valuable for more people, more people will say yes to that. So it's, it's a very good way to get to know some of those kind of people in the, the community and network and, and kind of build those relationships, which I think is, like you said, really important for, for building a business. Um, so next question, what would you do differently for the next a hundred episodes, if anything? <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. I would say maybe, maybe sometimes put less pressure on myself because sometimes, you know, recording the pod every week, you kind of feel like you have to, you have to bring something <laughs> to the show, right? You have to. Uh, accomplish mm-hmm. something that week even though you have so much going on it's super unrealistic like for me it's been like that the whole year basically i i don't get much done yeah. and you know if you look at it from another angle i just transitioned into working for myself so i do have a lot going on either way so right sometimes it just feels like you know it's uh yeah there's a little bit of pressure maybe and you, I, I could probably be better at handling that at, at times <laughs> yeah yeah and i know i've I remember feeling that pressure for sure a lot throughout the podcast, especially at times where I was like in the like the in between yeah. where I didn't have much going on, like especially at the beginning of the pod, I think, where I didn't know what idea or business I wanted to do. And I was just kind yeah, of no in product. la la land. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think there's definitely pressure with that. And, and you know, I think some depending on your situation or circumstances, some of that pressure can be good to like help help keep us accountable. But yeah, like you're saying, like in other circumstances, like you don't necessarily need that pressure. Um, so yeah, that that can be that can be uh, tricky sometimes. That reminds me, um, I, I listened to another podcast um, where Casey Neistat, the the YouTuber, he he talked back about 
when he was doing the daily vlog, which I think he did for like two years straight or yeah, something crazy yeah. of the daily vlog. And he talked about how he wasn't really living his own life. Like he was, <laughs> everything he did in life was for the, the vlog. Like the reason he'd go to places and do things was because that was a, a, a nice scene that fit, that fit in his story arc for the vlog that day. Yeah. And, you know, basically he talked about how how terrible that was for his family and for like his life like he he enjoyed you know he's an ambitious guy he enjoyed doing it and doing the vlog for the ambition of like doing it and achieving something <clears throat> but he really like he said like when he really looks back at it it was kind of terrible um and he kind of hated <laughs> his life in a lot of ways and um i don't know that just makes me think like you know you never want to like live your life for the story of it or like you know like we could technically do that on this podcast i think obviously it's it's a little easier not to since it's only once a week and it's audio and it's not as professionally edited and stuff but like <laughs> you know you could fall we could fall into that where it's like we're we're just doing it just because we want it to be good on the pod and that's you know that's not a good motivation to actually do things in your life for that reason <laughs> yep absolutely um, <clears throat> Yeah, so that's that's kind of interesting. Uh, okay, last question. Any advice for... Well, actually, hold on. I feel like we didn't necessarily answer that <laughs> I, I didn't answer that question. Uh, the last question completely. Um, yeah, would you do anything differently, right? Yeah, the next 100 episodes. Um, hmm. I don't know if I would do much different. Um, I mean, I think one of the things with this pod is it's very laid back um like we're not doing a ton of prep before each week i mean it was we used to write like a page of notes each i think before <laughs> yep and uh, now we don't really do that at all we just kind of come and whatever <laughs> comes to our mind the, <laughs> the the second before we talk about it um and I kind of like that because I kind of like the serendipity of it. I kind of like where this is just raw, unfiltered, us just talking, which I think, um, you know, I think that actually is more valuable in some ways. You know, there's there's a place for both kind of content, I think, um, content that's really kind of optimized and really researched. Um, but there's a place for content like this where it's just us kind of talking through how things are going, our feelings and what's going on and like that's i think helpful for other entrepreneurs to kind of see that and kind of see what it's like to be in our shoes because they're probably in the same shoes um so yeah i i don't know if i would change much um for the next hundred episodes yeah so yeah they probably wouldn't do much differently <laughs> yeah i mean the only thing which we started to do a little bit of is add these funny little media clips every once in a while <laughs> i mean, we can't have more of those <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah or, or just like little audio clips to like talk about from other people's podcasts or um things like that i think i think that's kind of fun to kind of give us a topic yeah, that's to talk always about good, that yeah. the community is already talking about <clears throat> okay then um last question any advice for someone who is thinking of starting a podcast lessons learned pitfalls um well, I would say something that came up earlier, you know, just start, like, don't care about the mic, don't care about the setup too much. <laughs> try, try it on like we did, uh, you know, like record four episodes, maybe without publishing them. And then if you feel like, hey, that was actually kind of cool, 
just release them. Uh, and yeah, for, for me, it's pretty much what you just said. It's like, don't make it a job, right? Like, don't make it another job. Let it be fun and don't do mm-hmm. it like to earn a living mm-hmm. off of it or make it super professional to the point where you're editing like four hours a week. Uh, like that's mm-hmm. at, least, at least that's what I would tell people to do because that is what makes it fun to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, make it fun. Um yeah, I think we only edit it it takes like 10 minutes to edit the pod every week. So it's, it's it doesn't take too long, <laughs> which I think is which is nice. Um Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing is just to have expectations going in that you know, you're if you're trying to grow an audience through it, like it's going to take a long time, you know, it's hard to discover podcasts and so it's going to take some time for people to to fi- see what you're doing and start listening. Um so yeah, really just keep keep doing it and um, you know, share little pieces on, on forums or Twitter where it makes sense um, so that people can find it. Um, but I think, you know, the, the best way to kind of grow is to have guests on. Um, and so hopefully they, they can share what they're up. They can share the pod as well. Um, and so you can kind of borrow their audience a little bit. Um, but that seems to be really the only, like the best kind of way to grow. And otherwise you just kind of have to stick with it, keep going and, slowly it will grow grow slowly but surely yeah podcasts Um, don't grow quickly right (laughs) no no they don't um and so yeah like like you were saying ben i think like the best thing is like basically just make it something you can do for a long time make it sustainable and have fun with it so then you'll just keep doing it and it will slowly slowly grow um so yeah i think that's pretty much all the questions um this was this was fun going going down memory lane. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So episode 100. I'll try to put some of the links to some of the little clips uh, or the full episodes um, in the show notes. And um, hope that you guys have enjoyed the podcast. And we hope to uh, have you stick around for the next next hundred episodes. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right. Talk to you another one. See you next week. Bye.